Our reading tonight is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Amen. Brilliant to say hello to you this evening. My name's Josh. I'm on staff here at the church. I oversee the student work and the way our church runs Alpha. Um, If you could indulge me for the first couple of minutes, um, I'm going to rearrange some stuff on the stage. And while I'm doing that, I want you to turn to somebody, uh, preferably somebody that you didn't come with, so you might have to be a bit brave and introduce yourself. Uh, But I want you to ask them a question. I want you to ask, uh, what was the last fad that they tried? What was the last fad? So it could be a diet, it could be an exercise thing, it could be like uh, the latest app that you downloaded or the latest 30-day challenge that you tried. But what was the latest fad that they tried? Go. Brilliant. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest and exposing all of the embarrassing fads that you might have tried. My list is long, and uh, they usually uh, all end the same way in that I never complete them or I fail or whatever, but that's fine. We all love each other. It's okay. Um, We're going to be speaking tonight about looking after ourselves. That's what we're talking about tonight. The reason why I asked you to talk about a fad that you've tried is because I actually think in our passage tonight we found the fad. I do. I really believe it. So uh, it could be Atkins diet or keto diet or 30 days of, uh, I don't know, sit-ups or uh, I should really have researched more fads. All the fads in the world that you're thinking of right now. uh, Mark, our worship director, loves the Calm app. Uh, He uh, uses it daily, I believe, Uh, gets a lot out of it, it's fantastic. All these things can give you life, they can help you lose weight, or they can help you think clearer, they can help you get healthy, think better about yourself, think better about the world, they're really good. I'm not totally rubbishing them, but they will not bring you life in all of its fullness. I am, even though I haven't tried them all, I'm going to be obnoxious and I'm going to say that. 
Okay, I believe that only Jesus can do that. I really only believe that Jesus can do that. So in this passage, I actually think we find the fad. Get excited about that, please. The fad. Okay, I've not written that very big, but hopefully you can see it. My eyesight's terrible, so if I was sitting where you were sitting, um, I wouldn't be able to read that, but that's great. Um, So we're going to talk a bit about that, and I'm going to get some friends up, and we're going to have a little interview and chat a little bit further. Um, But for now, why don't we just quickly pray? Father God, I thank you that you're present. I thank you that you're alive. God, I thank you for the privilege that I have to stand here and to talk about who you are. God, I humbly say, use me, because I do not have all the answers. But I believe in the one who does. And I listen to his word through his scripture, through through your word, God. So speak through me, speak to us. We give you the glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. So, I've found the fad. And the reason why it's important to find the fad for looking after yourself is because actually, I think it's really important to think about that. In fact, I would maybe hazard a guess, I would maybe go as far as to say that that was perhaps Jesus' primary mission. You know, we can get totally wrapped up in all of the things that Jesus did when he came down from glory, took his crown off, uh, surrendered all of his reputation, his power, and all of who he was. And he wrapped himself in human flesh and came and lived among us in the dust and the dirt. I believe that he did that because he loves us. I, I believe that he did that, and yes, because he wanted to pay for all of our sin. Yes, because he wanted us to be able to have a connection with the only one who is worthy of being called holy. But sometimes we can get wrapped up in that. Or sometimes we can get wrapped up in the, uh, God came to make me holy. God came to make me uh, better. He came to make me a better person. The reason why Jesus brought all of heaven down to you wasn't so that you'd become this super spiritual being levitating off of the ground, guru, full of wisdom and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, that stuff, maybe not the levitating, comes when you follow Jesus But his primary mission was to make you, you. Was to make you more human. Was to make you human the way he intended. That's why he became a human. So that he could show us this is the way humanity should look. He wanted to make you the way that you were made to be. It's important to talk about looking after yourself because you are worth looking after. You are worth looking after. I cannot say that enough. It is so important for you to look after yourself because you deserve it. Because you deserve to thrive. You deserve to live. You deserve to live life in all of its fullness. I mean that. I really, really mean that. And, and I believe that there are some of us who really struggle to believe that. In fact, again, I would guess that all of us at some point in our lives, maybe even some point every day, struggle to believe that we're worth looking after. That's my issue. It's easy for me to stand up here and tell you that, because I believe that. I believe that for you, but for me at my worst, I don't believe that. Because of stuff that I've done, because of shame, because of guilt, because of the way that I think about myself, the way that I look at myself, it's hard to believe for me sometimes that I am worth looking after. We're going to talk about looking after yourself tonight, 
because you and me, we're worth looking after. So let's get on with the fad. So number one, take notes because this is going to be a good one, okay? Number one is worship. Literally nobody's taking notes. Fine. Okay, fine. I'll prove it to you. It's going to be good. That pen's gone. Number two in red. Be transformed. Number three. Be real. Number four. Serve. My writing's terrible, but we're going to go through it together, okay? You're still not taking notes. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Right, let's go through it. I'm going to try rattle through this stuff. We're going to go through the passage almost verse by verse. Then my friends are going to come up, and we're going to make it a bit real. We're going to try and talk about it in the everyday, and you're not just going to hear me talk about it. You're going to hear some more normal people talk about it, okay? So, verse number one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Number one, to the fact to looking after yourself in life is worship. Why are we talking about worship? Well, it's actually how we're made. There's a passage in the Bible that says if we did not praise, even the rocks would cry out. It's created in the fabric of our being to worship something. And you might have encountered that in your own life. You might have seen it in the football ground. Fans devoted, cheering. I'm a big Portsmouth fan. There's a guy called John Anthony Portsmouth Football Club Westwood. That's his name. And he is devoted to Portsmouth, I'll tell you that. He is head-to-toe, tattooed, banging drums, 90 minutes, every single match, every single week, including midweek games. He's there. He's obsessed. It actually destroyed his marriage. He became obsessed. He still is obsessed. We, whether it's God or something else, we'll worship something. Sometimes we'll worship ourselves. Sometimes we'll worship those people that we follow on Instagram, the influencers or whatever. But we'll worship something. A band, an artist, a figure, a relationship will worship something. That's why we're talking about worship. But I believe actually if you choose to worship Jesus, the Lord Jesus, God, creator God, wrapped in flesh, you choose to follow him and worship him, that is step one in looking after yourself. Give yourself as a living sacrifice. Jesus was the dead sacrifice. He wants us living. That word living sacrifice, your whole body, soma, it's the whole of yourself. Every single inch and part of you and every fiber of your being, he wants all of it. He wants all of it because he wants you And we are to give it to him alive, living in every single part of our day, to him as a sacrifice in worship, praising and loving him. Why also do we worship? Well, we've been singing about it, all the stuff that he's done, all of the things that he is, the names that he has, the stuff that he does in our every single day. That's why he deserves worship. He died for you. He took your sin upon his shoulders and went up onto the cross and died for you so that you might be able to encounter the holy God. I know we're rattling through this. But he did all of that stuff for you. He does more every single day for you. That's why he deserves worship. But the reason why we worship is because we love. We worship what we really love. We worship what we give our hearts to. The most commonly used word in the New Testament for worship is proskenio. 
And it means to fall at the feet of, to embrace, to kiss, to come so close that you can feel the bristles of the beard on your cheek. The most common picture that we see in the New Testament when, uh, when the leper is healed by Jesus, he falls down and worships him. And we kind of imagine this very holy scene of he starts to bow and it's like Wayne's world, we're not worthy. And we kind of imagine that whole scene. Not everybody's seen Wayne's world, have they? That didn't go as well as I wanted it to. Um, <laughs> but that's not really the picture that we're given. We're given actually a much more intimate picture. It's close. It's like skin on skin. It's love. It's intimacy. That's the kind of worship we're called to in our every single day, the whole of our lives. Worship. Number two, be transformed. Verse two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Step two in the fad to looking after yourself is be transformed. And in order to be transformed, you've got to decide that the world isn't going to tell you what you need to be anymore. You've got to separate yourself from what the world says and who the world says you should be. You need to break the culture. The word there, transformed, um, is the word metamorpho. And it's only used, it's, I think it's used four times in the whole of the Bible, that particular word. And for three of those four times, it's being used to describe this moment that happens uh, in, in the Gospels where Jesus, he takes some of his friends up, uh, up on top of this hill, and uh, it's called the Mount of Transfiguration. He suddenly, in an instant, is transformed into this bright, shining figure, this, this beautifully pure, hard-to-look-at, unrecognizable figure to what he was in, uh, just a moment ago. It's that same word. Metamorphu, Jesus metamorphosed into this version, into this, this new, bright, shining, pure version of himself, his truer form, his true identity. That's the kind of transformation that we're talking about. You see, Jesus got, in, in Luke it says, Jesus got beaten so bloody he became unrecognizable. Jesus wants the same to happen to you, but instead of beating so bloody that you become unrecognizable, he wants you to metamorpho into this, into this pure, bright, white, shining figure that you're unrecognizable from your past self because you are everything you were made for, not touched and hurt by the brokenness of the world, not touched and damaged by the brokenness of sin and selfishness and shame and guilt and all this stuff that we punish ourselves with. But us in our truest form and identity. You want to know the fad for looking after yourself or you need to be transformed into who Jesus is. And how? Stop conforming to the world. Stop listening to what the world tells you to do. Stop doing things because your friends are doing them. Stop doing things because that's what you thought life should be about. Stop going after all that stuff because that's what everybody's doing and if I don't do it, I'm going I'm to fall short of the crowd and what will happen then? Stop doing things because you're worried about your reputation. Stop doing things because other people have forced you to do them or have manipulated you using emotions or your hurts and, and, and your heartaches have, have just made you think, do you know what, I give up or I'm not doing that again. Don't let the world speak for you. Don't let the world influence you. You know, that, that, um, that phrase for the world there, um, it's also translated as uh, the time, the culture. 
as in the age that you live in, the world that you see around you, the, the everyday stuff that you look around and influences you and floods your senses. Don't let that tell you who you are. Jesus says, let me tell you who you are. If you let me tell you who you are, I'll metamorphose you into that bright, shining, pure, wonderful version of you that I originally intended. He wants to make you you. And you are worth looking after. That's number two. Number three, be real. Back to the passage. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Be real. Sober judgment. That word there, sophroneo, it means sound mind, accurate, honest, clear in thought. I've spent a lot of time working with people um, who are recovering from addictions, uh, some people who are doing brilliantly on that journey, some people who are at the beginning of that journey, some people who uh, are, are really struggling with that journey. But the thing that always comes up, and this may even be a cliche, you may have heard it before, but the thing that comes up repeatedly is when they hit about 30, 40 days sober, something seems to happen in the way they look at themselves and the way other people see them. And they use words like clear and clarity. And their family members say something like, there was a clearness in their eyes that I haven't seen in a long time. Their eyes were clear. Sophroneo. They were sobering up, literally, but spiritually too. When we have a clear vision of who we are and who we're made to be, what we can do and what we can't do, our weaknesses and our strengths, that's a path to looking after yourself. And sometimes I struggle with being really honest and vulnerable. I, I also struggle uh, with, with opening up about my weaknesses. In fact, just this last week, I was in the doctors uh, because I, uh, for the last year, have been experiencing symptoms uh, which... Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is yet, but um, it could be completely associated with stress, and the symptoms kind of look like panic attacks, and it's about my chest and breathing, and that's been happening regularly for about a year. It's taken me a year to get a doctor's appointment. That's how low I think of myself sometimes. And, or maybe it's not even that. If I'm honest, it's probably something a little bit closer to, oh, I'll just press on. I just press on. It doesn't matter. I just press on. I'm stronger than that. I just press on. I don't, I don't really want to look at that because if I look at that, then I acknowledge there's a weakness. I'd rather just press on. It took, me, it took me just under a year to start telling other people about it, and they kind of bullied me to go to the doctors. You've got to get real. The fad for looking after yourself, you've got to be real. You've got to open up. You've got to be vulnerable. And sometimes it's going to mean bearing stuff that you're uncomfortable with bearing. Sometimes you've got to look at some memories or some moments in your life that, that still sting and still hurt. But maybe, just maybe in all of that trauma, there might be some closure to be found. There might be some healing. Be real. Be you. Be humble. Lastly, serve. Number four, serve. 
For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I've used the word serve here. I don't want us to get hung on where the passage uses serve, because actually I think that, that list that we get given there is all service. It's all ministry. There's this funny phrase when people talk about um, exploring ordination or um, thinking about um, the process of of becoming a leader of a church or something. Um, Other people might say, oh yeah, he's going into the ministry. As if there are some people who go into the ministry and then there's like the rest of us who are like, I don't know where we're all going into the rest of us. I think that's actually a load of rubbish. I think all of us have a ministry. I think every single one of us have a ministry that God has called us to. Because the word ministry, to minister, means to serve. To serve others. Just after our passage this evening, it then says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another about yourselves. Love. The fad for looking after yourself is to serve others. You want to look after yourself well, start looking after others well. The kingdom of God is backwards. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. And when you give, you find yourself on a journey to becoming who you were made to be. That's why we see Jesus giving, 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 giving. And we're apparently being transformed to be more like Jesus. So we're going to find ourselves giving, 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 giving. Give generously, it says. Give outrageously. Give ridiculously. Give until the point that you almost have nothing left. That's really giving. Give without fear of losing out. Pour out and pour out and pour out. Trust me, it's so important. Again, my work with people who are in recovery, um, I've often um, uh, helped people through 12-step programs, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or Cocaine Anonymous. And the 12th step, the final step, after you've journeyed through all this stuff, that journeys through your own life, journeys through apologizing to others, journeys through acknowledging things, acknowledging a higher power, all this stuff, the final step, is to lead somebody else in that direction. It's to mentor somebody else. Serve the path to looking after yourself. Looks like looking after others. That's the fad, okay? Mark thinks it's good. That's good. He's got the car map as well, so it must be really good. Okay, I'm now going to invite my friends up, Dom and Lucy. So let's give them a big clap, and I'm going to move this stuff around. I just want to talk a little bit more about this stuff. And, oh, sorry, there's like a whole thing here, and I can't really see people behind it, but hopefully you can see them. They're more important. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this stuff, and I want to hear from these guys. So Dom, uh, Dom's going to introduce himself. Lucy's going to introduce herself very briefly. And then we're just, I'm just going to ask them a few questions, and then we're going to move into a time of response about this stuff. Dom, who are you? Uh, I'm Dom. Hi. <laughs> um, I... I've been coming to P's and G's for a wee while, about eight years now. Feels like a long time um, since I started uni. That's a wee while, yeah, <laughs> eight years, nice. Um, what do I do? I am a doctor um, and 
Uh, I also you know, lead, uh, help serve here on the music team and I help run a connect group as well. Great, Lucy, who are you? Hi, um, <laughs> I'm Lucy. Um, I am one of the interns here. I've been here since the end of August and uh, yeah, I sometimes play the piano and yeah, just other things. <laughs> what else do you want to know? No, that's great. That's, okay, that's, 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 that's plenty. Too much, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Dom, um, you mentioned you serve here at church. You mentioned you're a doctor. Um, maybe just unpack a little bit the impact that you see on your own life and perhaps even others uh, serving. You serve a lot. So I think... In my experience, um, I think God's done a lot in my life through through serving, um, and and one of the things that's like kind of really um, been brought to my attention, I guess, over the last couple of years is um, through leading the, or helping to lead the Connect Group with my wife uh, Bryony. Um, God's really deepened relationships um, and helped me grow closer to Him and helped me. Um, to to feel more connected um, in the church as well uh, through leading this connect group, which is something that sort of just uh, I felt that that God had a real hand in, um, and I felt that um, yeah, you know, Libby just one day asked us if we would be keen to lead the connect group, and uh, it wasn't something that either of us had ever thought that we would. Um, be able to do or um, you know thought about doing before but through doing that um, yeah God's really done amazing things in our life and um, you know we, we do give every week um, and we give our time and we give our money money as well um, but you know it's also worth it um, and yeah I just can't begin to describe how much um, my relationship with God and and my relationship with uh, the church family has grown through doing that. Um, it's been a real, um, you know, it's been a real benefit to my life, um, tangibly. Great, and and maybe even professionally, being a doctor, I guess a lot of that is about serving, about looking after other people. Um, maybe speak a little bit about that as well, the experience that you get professionally doing that. Yeah, so I think. That's quite, you know, it's sometimes quite different doing that kind of thing in a professional capacity. Um, and, um, you know, I love doing it, um, but it can be quite draining sometimes. Um, and I was having a think about this over the weekend, and, you know, serving can be hard. Um, that doesn't mean it's any less important to do it. Um, and I think the important thing is that you have to love what you do when you serve, um, because, um, Otherwise, it can be very difficult to keep on doing that. Mm. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, yeah. And I guess, um, I guess, therefore, in order to love what you're doing and to do all of the stuff that you're doing, to pour out and to do that, I guess you kind of have to have a sense of what you offer, right, and what you can't offer. And um, maybe talk a bit about that and how serving has maybe unpacked that stuff for you a bit. I think... Serving in the Connect Group and uh, here in the team and uh, in my job, um, I guess it really helps you to develop 
what your gifts are, spiritual gifts. Um, I think I've come to realize I'm quite, you know, I'm quite a patient person, and that's really helpful in my job. Um, you know, I deal with people from all walks of life, um, and and people in, in, in some of the most difficult times of their life sometimes, and um, it's really important to be patient with people in that uh, context. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, just like listening to people as well, and that's um, come through in the, the Connect group as well. Um, it's really important to be able to listen to, um, you know, the other members of our Connect group as we talk about um, what's going on in our lives and, um, you know, how, what we're feeling, how we're feeling, um, what we're thinking. Mm. That's brilliant. Thank you, Dom. And Lucy, um, you, you're our worship intern, um, and you've been with us for a year, which has been brilliant, thinking and, and looking at worship stuff. But maybe before we talk about something like worship, I wonder um, what kind of thoughts you might have on this whole thing about um, being transformed and uh, not conforming to culture. What, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, um... Well, it's funny. Um, I think um, I, I'm a bit of a people pleaser and I care a lot about what people think about me. And um, about a year ago, well, no, just over a year ago, I decided that I was going to do the internship. And um, I, when I was at university, I lived with um, five other non-Christian girls who I love. And um, they all thought that it was a really bad idea for me to do the internship because it would be really boring. Um, and they thought the church probably sucked and, that, and one of them said that I was going to end up the Pope um, <laughs> um, and yeah so they were like don't do it basically they just said it was a really bad idea and, and I had a lot of other people also say it wasn't going to really advance me in my career or um, it wouldn't like get me any further I wasn't going to earn any money so I was going to end up poor why would you do that um, and I kind of agreed with them um, but I came for an interview and, and I just like, kind of had an amazing day here and I was like, I'm going to do it. So, um, and it was kind of scary because I went back to all of them and I said, um, oh yeah, I'm going to do the internship that I really didn't want to do um, and that you don't think is a good idea either. And it was scary to kind of disagree with them and go against what they thought and what they would think was a good idea for me. Um, but it was the best idea and I'm just so glad and I think sometimes you just have to just kind of have a bit of faith and just think maybe this is what um, I'm supposed to be doing maybe this is what God wants me to be doing um, and I think it was so I, I, I would just say um, just like listen to what your friends have to say but actually just think maybe actually they just might not be right and and you know just conforming to what they think is is sometimes easier at first, but actually, um, I wouldn't be here if I'd listened to them, so um, definitely not a good idea. That's great, thank you. And, and then I guess thinking about worship and not conforming and being transformed, um, and we're talking about worship with the whole of your life, and I guess, you know, you've had experiences of, I'm sure you've had experiences living in, in that flat with your friends who are brilliant, but I'm sure that they've got ways that they live their life that they're trying to kind of maybe impress upon you. And I don't know, maybe speak a bit about that, what it looks like to worship with your whole of your life and not conform, and yet you're very much living in the world, as it were. Yeah. I, well, 
when we sing songs about God, we like say how amazing he is and how great he is and how much he loves us and this reckless love and overwhelming love. And I don't really think that I can sing those words if they're not going to change my life because um, that's like a lot of love. And if someone loves me that much, I think I'm going to love him back. Um, and I want that to change my life. Um, and so I think um, I want there to be something about me that people will, will notice and think, well, what is the relationship that she has with Jesus that, um, that is changing her? Um, so I think in terms of worshipping, I, I, want, I want every day for it to be something that I'm doing, not just something on a Sunday where I, I sing, sing nice songs. Um, are great songs, but unlike um, Paul was saying, we're not. It's not the singing that changes us; it's, it's the presence of God that changes us. And so, I think our worship is just like pushing into into a relationship with Jesus more, um, and w- in whatever way that can be. And so, maybe that's through serving other people and helping others, or maybe it's just by loving others. And so, I think part of something for me would be uh, living with people who don't necessarily live the same way as me um, so they might make decisions that I wouldn't necessarily make but actually I still love them because I'm trying to live like Jesus would and and I don't think Jesus would separate himself from the people who disagreed with him he would completely love them and spend time with them and and be joyful around them and um Yeah, so I I don't remove myself from those situations where people are doing things that I wouldn't do. I just try and be truly myself, uh, knowing knowing who that is and knowing that I'm loved by God. um, And that, um, yeah, so I don't have to be like separate from them, but I can be with them, but also totally be real and be who I am. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Why don't we give these guys a big clap?